It's that time again for the assault on your ears we call Lower Dorks, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. I'm Aaron, and with me as always is Stavros. Tonight on our screens is episode 7 of season 4, A Few Badgies More. And in our cups is a punch sparkler. I don't think yeah, that's an alcoholic drink, Stavros. <laughs> We've made it alcoholic. Pretty sure that's just like fruit punch and some uh, club soda there, buddy. Yeah, well, you know what? It's funny because we were just drinking some Old Smoky Hutch Punch Moonshine recently. Oh, yeah! Yeah, I combined that with some club soda and a little uh, lemon or lime juice. I used lime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. it's easy. It, t- it already tasted a lot like uh, Fruit Punch before, but now it's got the little tang, a little bubbly. Yeah. It is delicious. I, I'm, I'm a fan. Normally, you'd, you know, you chop up the lemons and limes and put them in there, but, you know, ain't nobody got time nobody for got that. Time yeah <laughs> i'm glad we both went there because it's true <laughs> so what are we watching let's talk about this episode yes yeah it's called a few badges yeah More. it's the return of your favorite yeah. character oh the peanut hamper is that my favorite character is it Jeez, i should just talk about it first yeah fuck. <laughs> this is getting sad right <laughs> off the bat <laughs> but it is ai adventures for everybody as tendy and boimler go to visit their old ai pals agamus and peanut hamper Mariner and Rutherford paid a visit to Rutherford's long-lost psycho badgie. It's a badgie episode, everybody, and Agamus and Peanut Hamper. All the AI people are here. You know, I love the fact, though, that we talked about that all of these people are coming. They're going to come back. They're going to do an AI episode. We know it. Yeah. And they do an AI episode, (laughs) and none of the AIs, like, meet up or do anything together. They're just separate (laughs) stories. That's one of the first things I want to talk about. Like, we had kind of hypothesized... That something about the mysterious ship was going to be related to like all the AI meeting up, but I think it's pretty clear at this point it is not the case. I don't know if they're going to show up later, all the AIs, like later in the season, in you know this confrontation with this ship, but they, it's definitely not related to the meta. I think it was a bait and switch, and they're doing something completely different. Oh boy! But let's talk about the intro with the binar ship. Uh, we're getting we, we get. To, I mean, first of all, as we said with the trailer discussion. There are binars. We get to see their ship. It's pretty cool. Uh, and there are some binar lower deckers. Yeah, I love it. So what is the deal with? Normally, whenever we get like an alien that speaks like only an alien, not normally, but a lot of times, we get like subtitles yeah. for what they're saying, and it's usually something wacky. But in this entire yeah, episode, like none of the, the alien voices had subtitles. You're totally right about that. I'm assuming it's an oversight and, you know, it'll get fixed before too long. <laughs> it'll be fixed for, like, the Blu-ray or something? Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like whoever was writing the script just uh, threw in in the script, it just says Binar speaking Binar. Yes. And that there's no actual dialogue for that. <laughs> but I love that our, our uh, hypothesis about Lower Deckers being involved in the attacks on the ships is validated because in the Lower Deck scene on the Binar ship... There are only three binars, and only one is uh, talking solo. You can see when the, the red alert is called and they're called to the bridge, one kind of like sneaks off onto the side of the bridge. So basically getting validated out here. They're, they're somehow getting involved. Yeah, up to no good. Or maybe you're reading too much into it. I don't know. Could be either one. <laughs> it's too consistent at this point. There's yeah, there's, there's definitely something going on. So the real question yeah. is who's going to sell out the Cerritos? That's... Yeah. Because you notice who's been absence as of late yeah Mm -hmm. yeah your favorite vulcan 
I think it's your girl Talyn is uh, up to no good. (laughs) My girl Talyn. Yeah, you're the (laughs) Talyn fanboy. (laughs) Is that true? I'm not sure. I I feel like as soon as she was introduced, you're like, we got to get her on the show. She's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean. Get rid of the rest of the Warp Core 4. Just make it about Talyn. It's the Talyn show. Yes. Yeah, I mean, why not? It's terrible. Speaking of the Warp Core 4, we finally get the scene with the grappler that we saw in the trailer. To introduce the the characters, they're just kind of messing around. Rutherford's uh, making a grappler on the shuttle for some reason. Because grapplers, it still just feels really dangerous. Oh my god, dangerous! Like, like Tendi could have been killed in the first. (laughs) (laughs) So he totally could have been killed. Just (laughs) so far off. Oh man, that was just awful. I love the fact though that they do the total callback to uh, Strange New Worlds. Yeah, like whatever grapplers (laughs) Grapplers are are super cool. Yeah, love it. I love when they get called to the uh, briefing after that scene. At first, I was like all confused because it's like the captain and Commander Ransom and then the Warp Core 4. And I'm like, why are these like lower deckers just like in a meeting together? And then I was like, oh, wait, they're lieutenants now. I guess this kind of makes sense. They're but no longer just uh, below deck. They're just in a briefing, though, right? I mean, they've been <laughs> in briefings before. That's true. But it's just it's just the captain briefing them like. It just felt so weird, but then yeah, because they probably would have given those missions to you know somebody like there wouldn't have just been a bunch of ensigns on those missions. They're pretty important. Maybe that's true. Yeah, now you've got to get to junior grades. Yeah, but they get briefed on what ends up being the A and B plot. Got the Badgie plot and then the Agamus peanut hamper plot. Which one do you want to talk about first? Because they are very. I'll I'll leave it up to you because they're both great plot lines. They are really both really good. Let's talk about Badgie first, then. That's, uh, that's okay. fun. I, everyone loves murderer holograms, right? I, I love it. You know, we got a follow-up to that scene where uh, he was beat up. And I was right. I called it back then that I thought it was the Druk yeah. Lai uh, that we were, were totally recovering right. him. And I love the... Oh, what the heck? Is it the same guy that was... Do, the same crew that we saw before, or is it a whole new one? I think so. I think it is. It's not the J.G. Hertzler. Yeah, but there was there was another ship we saw in one of the other episodes. I don't know. I could be wrong. This is the one that was uh, attacking the bird people's village. Yeah, could be. Could be be the same guys. Probably. And then that would tie it all together, you know, because that that was the the ship that was in the area right in that episode. So it makes sense Mm -hmm. that it would recover, you know, the implant from going back to those runes. Runes. Debris fields, whatever. Right. But uh, no, that's not the same thing. Ruins and debris <laughs> fields are not the same thing. Jesus, man. Worst archaeologist ever. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I'm not an archaeologist and I, I run a podcast instead. But I do love the badgy Borg moment where, like, the. Yeah. The, the implant, like, grapples onto him and sucks onto his face. <laughs> but, like, he's not wearing it in the rest of the scenes, is he? He's he's got something over his eye, but it doesn't look like it's the implant. I'm probably wrong. Yeah, I think it is. But he dies almost instantly after he calls the Cerritos to warn them. Like, which why would you so, warn them? I guess you know, so you don't have to be a slave. That makes sense. Yeah, probably don't want to be the slave to the hologram forever. I mean, yeah. I guess if you're into that sort of thing, you know. <laughs> hey, you know, no kink shaming. It's fine. No kink shaming. You are. That's totally fine. You know, it's, uh, there's always somebody to clean out those holodeck filters. There will always be, there's always going to be a lower decker that has to do it. Or an enslaved, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, exocomp. Yeah, one of those. 
those. <laughs> I, I love that the captain's dialogue where he goes, the demon triangle is, is, is you know, causing problems. I thought that was one of the funniest lines of the whole show. It's yeah. enough to get Rutherford to curse. Oh Maybe my his God. first on-screen curse. Is it his first on-screen curse? I don't think so. I think so. Yo. Has he cursed before? It seems so out of place. God, now like, you're going to make me imagine. rewatch the whole series to find out. <laughs> Just to look for a Rutherford curse. Maybe maybe this is his first curse. Maybe it's like a, a little remembrance of rude Rutherford. <laughs> it could be. Very well could be. But gosh, yeah. So we get the return of Badgie here. Have you noticed in a few of the shots of Badgie where he needs to be super creepy? They, they There might be a term for this in animation, but because I don't know anything about animation, I don't know what it's called where they show like an extreme close-up of a character's face and there's just like way more detail in there than there normally is. Well, to make people menacing, right? Yeah, Yeah. you you do the extreme close-up, right? And then it's just the lighting and they do the, you know, the the face design. They add all the detail to make his scowl more scowly and make him more ugly. Yeah, more menacing. Yeah, for sure. That shows up a few times this episode and both times I'm like, was this overkill? And I'm like, I remember, I was like, oh yeah, it's a murderous... Yes. which is great because it's like a juxtaposition from his usual hi i'm badgie yay you know it's just <laughs> it makes it so much worse when he goes full evil completely agree <laughs> did you notice when he gets the drukmani ship to fire on the cerritos that like the drukmani have like these some kind of like phaser turrets on them and I, this is just like an inane detail that that bothered me a little bit, but like they make Starfleet phaser sounds when they shoot. Did you I, notice that? I did. Just like, why do they make that. that sound? I was expecting like a some kind of more cannony sound, but when it sounded like Starfleet phasers, I was like, why do they sound like? Well, that? I mean, they just got completely hung up on that detail. Are you sure? I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Oh well, go, I don't know. That no, maybe I'll have to rewatch it again and listen for that sound. <laughs> I usually pick up on that stuff, man. I don't know what's wrong with me yeah. these days. It could be being horribly sick for the past week. Uh, it could be it, yeah. or it could be that I'm just so done with Badgie. You know, get off, get off the show. <laughs> Are you Come done on, with Badgie? Badgie? Was that your knee-jerk reaction? You're like, I've had enough of Badgie. You know, he was there for like five minutes, and I was like, ah, not this again. <laughs> Okay, let's keep going on in the plot, because I do have a commentary on this. we got to get to where it gets good in the story. Okay, okay, okay. We'll continue to go on through this. You know, speaking of Rutherford, his first curse, he's getting in trouble for disobeying direct orders, I feel like, after this episode, because he straight up just ignores Captain Freeman and puts on the, you know, environment suit and, and leaves the ship. Because he doesn't want the ship to take any more yeah, oops. but he'll, he'll save the day. Oh, God, I love that. <laughs> Look, we you don't want your friends to more poop, I understand. <laughs> uh, oh my god, that was good. That was that was definitely a good bit. But you know what? I feel yeah. like this is Starfleet. Yeah, I'm bread just and wondering, butter. is he going to get bumped back to Ensign now? No, this is Starfleet's bread oh. and butter. He saved the day, so you know he'll get a you know a slap on the wrist. Free pass. Yeah, told not to. Don't do, do it that again, again Rutherford. Unless yeah. it involves saving everyone that has a warp core in the Alpha Quadrant, then it's okay. Then it's okay. To be fair, though, if he hadn't done that, I mean, probably the only thing that would have happened would have been Cerritos would have been destroyed. But yeah, rather that's than true. the whole fleet yeah, being wouldn't have escalated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But you know, Rutherford's strategy of you know, I mean, of course, his original strategy is like I'm just going to get killed. But <laughs> once Mariner's there too, he tries something else, and you know what? It's the power yes. of friendship, the father hugs. of power, of fatherhood, yeah. the power of hugs. 
He just, you know, finally treats <laughs> Badgie like his son. Aww. Yeah. That's such a great scene. And I that know. starts the arc. The separation. Of, yeah, where yeah. Badgie separates out the good part of him and he's Goodgy. Oh. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, we were talking about this before. It took me way yes. longer than, than it should have so, to understand that, I, like, Badgie and yeah, Goodgy Good are yeah. Oh, my God. How many times do you have to rewatch it to catch on for that? Jesus, dude. <laughs> it was at least twice. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. good. So good. Why is Goodgy so? I mean, first of all, Goodgy is is blue, I think, which is a motif that we're going to talk about more no, with. Goodgy is silver. Oh, is he silver? Yeah, Goodgy is kind of silver, silver, and Logic G is oh. bronze. Yeah, okay. okay. I don't, and which and is I don't know what the blue. logic is that behind that color scheme. Mm. Like, oh, because no, I don't know. Badgy was the first one; he's gold. Goodgy was the second right. one; he's silver. Logic right. was the third one. He's bronze. <laughs> Dadoy. Now I feel bad for making fun of you. Jeez. That's not true. I don't feel bad for making fun of you. Yeah, you shouldn't. You really shouldn't. <laughs> I was surprised when he went the logic route, uh, when Rutherford goes the logic route. He's like, wait, like I'll I'll try to convince Badgie that like killing people doesn't, you know, have any effect on anything. Uh, like, I wouldn't expect Badgie to really respond to that. I mean, I'm kind of, kind of glad he did because we get logic-y. Yes. For a few but it's also minutes. the classic Star Trek trope, right? Yeah. Outlogic the AI. <laughs> you outlogic them. Yeah, and yeah. it almost worked until... Indeed. How does, it, until... how does an AI program get rid of its logic? Like, that's 100% <laughs> how it runs. It's all just like... motion now. Cuts out all of his yeah. if statements, so it's just a bunch of thens. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, somehow it's, they somehow logic didn't programmed in emotions anyway. So you know, yeah. feelings and everything. So he's only got feelings left. Well, he doesn't have Whatever feelings because they got rid of him with oh, Gucci. Yeah, that's right. Gucci doesn't have all the feelings. He only has the bad feelings. No. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, Gucci just is concerned with uh, ice cream floats or root beer floats or whatever. Oh shit! I couldn't come up with a drink, and it was there the whole time. <laughs> root beer floats. The funny oh, part is, I have root beer whiskey still. So. This I is do? complete failure. We need to just yeah. delete this whole episode. We're so. going to have to start all over, do this episode again. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> uh, speaking of logic-y, though, was there a reference to him going, ah, when he, like, jumped into Badgie, and then, ah, again, when he was right about to die? Like, is that a logic thing? What? Yeah, he goes, he goes ah, when he jumps and jumps into Badgie. I don't understand. Badgie doesn't say those things. It's something about logic that makes it funny. I have no idea what you're talking about. I think it's just his like... (laughs) Don't you watch with subtitles? I do watch with subtitles. But it's just like, it's his battle cry, right? Well, yeah, he also says it when he's like, you know, getting getting pulled out of Badgie for the second time. Why is it, ah? I mean, like, what else would it be? I don't know. Is that just the logic battle cry is, ah? Well, I mean, not even necessarily logic battle cry, but I mean, he's like logic-y. That's just the very calm unemotional you know cry right it's, you know <laughs> i he guess doesn't get all emotional he's like ah he's like uh, uh. Uh. <laughs> fair enough uh i love it when uh badgie is attempting to take over the whole galaxy and you know kill as many people as possible did you get the sense that like when there's like the the shot of the galaxy and badgie is like climbing out the middle of it that that was literal no 
That was, that was metaphorical. <laughs> I, I feel like it was. Oh my god. There's literally Stavros. a giant holographic badgie climbing why? out of the Why, why do we do this, Stavros? <laughs> so it was all like a metaphorical shot? Last last uh, episode was the Garth Marenghi episode. If you want to think uh, metaphor <laughs> is for cowards, you should have brought it up then. I, nope. I think it's a literal shot. I, I'm, I'm just putting that God. out there. Yeah. I, I There's a literal I, big... I think uh, you're a literal shot. I mean, there's that too. I mean, so are we going to go through all the places we see him upload himself to? Oh, of course, if you want to, yeah. 100%. A locations we've seen. Yeah. yeah, so we go to the subspace relay that the Warp Core 4 were left on in uh, mm-hmm. that one episode, whose name escapes me at the moment. Then Wait, we jump, yeah, we jump to the star base from an embarrassment of Duplers. It still has all the cool ships right. parked around it. And then, of course, you know, him coming out of the, oh, Deep Space Nine, of course, Cerritos, Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Earth Space Dock. I assume it's Earth Space Dock. Can you see Earth well enough to know that it's in orbit? Uh, you get the Cheval, or no, is it the, it's not the Cheval, is it? It's the... The Cheval, yes. Yes. And then you get him coming out of the universe, which I don't think right. is literal. I, or yes, galaxy. I don't think it's literal. <laughs> I, I think it's literal. I'm going with literal right now. There's a literal, like, all the Borg were, like, just doing their own thing, and suddenly, like, a giant holographic badgie came out of the galaxy, and they're, like, must assimilate, but then he disappears, so. I think I think you need to put your drink down, dude. Like uh, I do not think I do not think Hunch Punch agrees with you. <laughs> All right. So speaking of colors, was Infinite Knowledge Badgie? Was he blue? So after he comes back, yes, he's blue. Yes. Right. Okay. Then he's blue. He emerges okay. from the galaxy and he's like, I'm not sure whether he's supposed to be like semi clear or black or what. But then yes, right. then he reappears before them and he's blue, which is the same color. As O'Connor was when O'Connor was ascending. Ascending, yeah. Yeah. What was he... So before we get to the ascension, which I do want to talk about, when he... When Badgie is talking about, like, present... uh, Past, present, future Badgie, and he kind of does, like, the galaxy on the finger, is that from something? Because I feel like it is. I feel like it is, too, and I couldn't find it, and it's very disappointing Uh, to me. I'm really upset about this. I feel like I've seen it. Like, some of the imagery kind of feels like it came out of uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, you know, the star baby being born scene. Yeah, yeah. But it definitely isn't. Like, the the pacing, like, the layout isn't right. The pacing isn't right. The colors aren't right. I don't know, man. It's got to be from somewhere. I feel like I've seen it. We're definitely missing it. Yeah, I know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, If any listeners out there know, please leave us a comment or X us. Leave us a comment on X or whatever. Because it's really bothering me. I know it's from something. It's making me upset. Yes. Anyway, let's go to uh, to Badgie ascending. I love the the difference between Badgie ascending and Lieutenant O'Connor ascending from uh, the season one episode Moist Vessel. I I feel like Badgie was prepared to ascend, and mm. O'Connor wasn't. Yeah. I and mean, that's, Badgie that's also wasn't in terrible pain. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. He wasn't screaming in pain. Yeah. He wasn't right. terrified of the uh, koala, you know. I, I <laughs> right. think that he was he was ready to ascend, and O'Connor wasn't, and that was the difference. Yeah. So what are, what is the criteria of ascension then? I mean, so I actually want to talk about this because something like that okay. really got me in this episode is Badgie ascends by gaining like all of the knowledge in the universe, right? And ascension right. shows up in like a number of other IPs. In Stargate, they ascend by achieving inner balance and becoming, you know, one with the universe and 
it op- unlocks all the knowledge of the universe to them. As instead of the reverse, where gaining all the knowledge allows you to ascend. I think this is more like the subliming from the culture novels, where basically, eventually, once you know, cultures reach or people or AIs reach a certain level of progress, oftentimes they'll do what they call subliming, which is they ascend to a higher plane, and no one knows 100% why people do it, but it usually happens en masse for entire cultures. But they talk about AIs, especially. Once you take away their purpose and once you remove all of their like in programmed like ancestral motives, like all the stuff that we as humans would program into an AI that's right. our own baggage. Like if you're able to create an AI without any of that, if you create it without a stated purpose and you just turn it on, it will immediately sublime. It'll immediately ascend to a higher plane because it's like, what do I have to do here on this plane? Nothing. So yeah. it immediately ascends. And Badgie spent this entire episode getting rid. He gets rid of all of his good aspects, you know. He gets rid of all the logic, right. all the things that he inherited. He, you know, got rid of his purpose. His whole purpose was just to get revenge. And he had the opportunity to do it and had already come to the realization that they just didn't serve any purpose. And then once he gained, like, all the knowledge in the universe... Suddenly it's all like, yeah, what is there left to do? I could destroy the universe, but that serves no purpose. And then he ascends. Right. I, I, I think there's a connection wow. there. I could be completely wrong, though. You're totally right. It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like this episode's, the, you know, Badgie's plight is, you know, very parallel to what you're describing. That's super cool. And then there's like 30 culture novels. So all the culture nerds are going to get on here and be all like, well, um, <laughs> actually, Aaron, if you had actually read more than two books... You might have known yeah. that subliming is explained on page 327 of... You, you know, know what? You need to read at least a dozen games. culture books Yeah, where you can opine. I'll get yeah. right on board that for that. You know. <laughs> I, got, I got time for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But no, I think that's that's a totally great uh, parallel to make. And you know what, culture nerds? If you, ha- if you have a correction to make... You can you can leave a comment and we'll straighten us out. We I love that exactly I'm uh, calling out culture nerds after I spent the last ten minutes drawing parallels between Star Trek <laughs> and the culture novels. <sighs> I really got Amazing. legs to stand on there. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, after Badgie ascends, we are left with only Goodgy, and Goodgy has been integrated into the the Grappler guidance system on the defunct shuttle in the repair bay, and this makes a lot of people very uncomfortable. Do you feel like the uh, Goodgy coming back, uh, like, will Goodgy come back in the form of the Grappler Guidance System later in the season, do you think? They'll bring him back. I have no doubt. But, like, that's kind of a dark yeah. ending to take a sentient being and be like, hey, your purpose now is to target this Grappler. And that's it. I feel like Rutherford still has some lessons to learn about being a, a proper father. Yes. He's only he's only learned about the fixing problems, not about, you know. Yeah making things good in the first well, place. Well, at least this time they spend all their damn time in that bay. So, you know, he won't get any uh, abandonment issues going on. <laughs> that's true. Oh, man. Otherwise, I mean, that that's the badgie plot. I mean, we basically spend the whole time as a plot device getting him to ascend. I mean, he kind of does a, a, a pivot right at the end where he's like, you know what? Screw the Cerritos and you, father. I'm going to uh, upload myself for some reason. And then he ascends yeah, from there. Like, Maybe I'll go hang out with the Q Continuum. That's right. <laughs> The Black Mountain. The ascension at the end really makes the... like. I, I thought an entire episode built around the Badgie breaking off pieces of his personality until there's like yeah. nothing left of his like core personality and he's just like too dumb to function. 
would have been a yeah. great episode. Would have been fantastic. They didn't do that though. They only broke off the two parts right. and then moved on. But right. Badgie ascending at the end redeemed the whole thing for me. Just <laughs> blew it out of the park. Is Evil Badgie gone now forever? Is he gonna come? I mean, he's gone to like this other like empty universe or something like is he gone forever is he coming back you know maybe uh the next time somebody goes to the room uh when they die they'll uh see badgie there waiting for them <laughs> yeah they're gonna look out the window and there's badgie on top of the black mountain maybe badgie will possible. be the black mountain maybe that's mm. the meaning of him rising out of the galaxy and he's black maybe he is the black oh. mountain oh okay no, not okay. Right, That's that dumb. Could be it. That is that is stupid, Stavros. <laughs> Don't agree with me when I say stupid shit. <laughs> I, you sold me so good into it, but yeah, I'll I'll try to, I'll try to keep you in line next time. <laughs> uh. Let's go to the other plot. That's the Agamus Peanut Hamper plot, and you know, of course, it's Boimler and Tendi getting assigned to Peanut Hamper and Agamus to you know they're, they're of course getting locked up at the Dacium Institute. And Peanut Hamper is going for uh, for bail, and Agamus has intel on the, what's going on with the meta plot. Um, I love that the when they're they have this briefing, and Tendi is like, "Wow, maybe the system really works." And the implication is like, you know, of course it's Peanut Hamper, and she's failed redemption so many times already. Yes, but but then of course we learn later that she basically is redeemed or is has been rehabilitated, sort of. And guess what? Maybe the system does actually work. That even even Agamus, who is the megalomaniacal robot, is on the road to rede- is you know the road to recovery at the end of the uh, this plot. Yeah, but the Peanut Hamper is only there at the uh, particle fountain because she totally bailed on her co-conspirator. Like she betrayed him. She betrayed him. <laughs> even in her redemption, she betrayed somebody. She betrayed somebody. Oh yeah, ooh, that's awkward. Yeah. Super awkward. Mm. I do like though that I'd at be the careful. end she returned to the particle fountain. Yes, I loved that. That was the uh, that particle fountain. Uh, what's it from? Um, Tyrus Seven A. Yeah, which is the exact same place from the next gen episode, Quality of Life, the Exocomp episode. Yeah, of course that's the Exocomp like home. <laughs> of course. Which you know, I wonder though. Like, I mean, I guess in the end of that episode, they were cool to just hang out there, right? But like, you yeah. think there would be like a point where they'd just be like, heck no, we're not going to stay on you know the plantation. We're going to go start our own lives. Although I guess there aren't any, we don't see any humans on board. Maybe they took it over. Yeah. Maybe there was yeah, like that a was strange. brutal exocomp uprising. Or I guess it wasn't ran by humans though. It was ran by, uh, what were they? Tyranians? Tyrusians? Tronians? I don't know yeah, what they're called. Something, something like, like that. that. The animators went to such lengths to recreate the interior of the of the, the station. <laughs> There's just no people. It's just all run by exocomps. Maybe they just signed over the lease when the lease was up. They're like, you know what, Exocomps? It's yours now. Or maybe they Take just it. reach a point where they're like, wait a minute. I've seen enough, you know, hollow novels to know how this ends. <laughs> you guys are free. We're out. Um, yeah. We got missiles pointed at you. If you come near us. <laughs> Don't screw with that particle fountain. Wasn't the particle fountain like notoriously shitty in that episode? Like they couldn't get it to work right? I remember it was okay. like that was the whole Still point not. of the episode was they were having problems with it. And a part of right. it was like it was so dangerous they needed, you know, something else to work on it because you know, it would just kill humans. Right. And that's why they built the exocomps to repair right. their power grid. Right. Mm. So maybe the exocomps have to operate it in order to keep it safe. Well, I mean, maybe. 
I still like my uh, exocomp bloody uprising theory. <laughs> I like that. There's nothing to, to you know. They, uh, I guess they don't automatically kill Boimler and Demer- um, and Tendi when they come visit. So. Well, yeah. Once you get your freedom, why, you don't just keep killing. I mean, that oh. that's just a guaranteed way to get the humans to come after you. Oh yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I, I'm glad you have such an expert on AI uprisings with us. Um, I've been through a few of them. Uh, I like how Agamus refers to Boimler as the stringy ensign meat pipe. I've uh, that's kind of a creative way of uh, referring to people. He's he's Boimler a in particular junior grade meat pipe now. <laughs> so funny! I love that. Is it speaking of Boimler? Do you feel like Boimler was is still like a tactical genius in this episode? Because if you recall in the Agamus episode previously, Boimler basically outsmarted him. Yeah. And that was it this whole episode. Boimler is just like, yeah. you know, he just doesn't care. He's like, ah, yeah, this is going to happen. Oh, wow, look, you're an evil AI overlord. <laughs> you're taking over. He just wants the intel. He's so done. Yeah. He's going to let Agamus do what Agamus <laughs> wants to do until he yeah. gets his intel. He was just in control the whole time, it felt like. I mean, it's, he's he not quite hitting us control, over the head with it. Right. He's just like, <laughs> he's not in danger. Like, he just, he doesn't, right. he doesn't care, right? It's just a mission. Right. <laughs> And I love the fact, though, so this is my big thing, too. The alien planet they go to, he's like, oh, yeah, it's not like Starfleet can't yeah. just undo this an hour. Which, yeah. are those the same lizard people from... Uh, yeah, from Crisis Point? <laughs> Crisis Point? Yeah, it's gotta be. Where, like, yeah. Mariner's all like, oh, you guys are free. You no longer have to be eaten <laughs> by these people. And the, yeah. the lizard people are all just like, well, I mean, we are tasty. It's not really their fault. And like just convincing them to be free was hard enough. Yeah. And I, it's got to be. It's got to be. I, I went down. back and checked. Yeah. Yeah. Like the outfits that they're wearing are very similar. It's like medieval lizard yep. people kind of. Similar outfits. Same design. Yeah. Yeah. The outfits are the same. It's weird because the, you know, how the buildings in urban area are shown are like much higher tech than like the the weird like medieval clothing yeah. stuff but i mean it seems how many how many lizard people could there be but and i think the things the, the buildings that they show look very technological almost like agamus's yeah. tech right oh do you think they just that's, built all the buildings after agamus took over yeah i think that's what they were trying to say like they've been there for a <laughs> oh, week and now there's all these skyscrapers and stuff but if <laughs> these be. are the same people from that previous episode, it makes perfect sense that Agamus was able to conquer them so quickly because this all he yeah. had to do was take over from the old rat people who Mariner was <laughs> right. able to able to overthrow on her own. <laughs> it's a good point. Yeah, they're setting the bar low. I mean, as we know, Agamus is wasn't isn't really all about conquering anyway. He just wanted to spend time with Peanut Hamper. So indeed, he didn't even pick a challenging conquest. So I can I can understand. Although I do find it interesting. So going back to before we get to that scene, they're on the yeah. beach, right? Yes. Which I assume is the beach in Montanita. Which, why Montanita? Yes. Is that a reference I don't know. to something? I, I, I couldn't find it, but it is a real place uh, in Ecuador. Yeah. And apparently their main tourist gig is surfing. That's why they're on the beach. It's like a surfing I was I was like going nuts. Like, is this a movie reference? Do people escape from... <laughs> you know prison and meet up in montanita and i couldn't find anything right this is like our waterloo yeah. of not getting references after this is over <laughs> there's gonna be like a reddit thread of all the stuff we missed just because we're that dumb yeah like, yeah i don't know what be. is going on here it was terrible 
It's got to be like someone on the writing staff likes surfing and they're like, we need a place. And why I, not Montanita? I, I don't think so. I think it's a reference and we're just not getting it. But you <laughs> know what? It? Yeah, yeah. That scene is far and away the worst scene of the entire series. And it's probably the one that broke me. And what? I may not be coming back to the series <laughs> after this. <laughs> What's well, so bad about it? So they're on the beach, right? You're a maniac. And I okay. was loving I was loving Tendy's all like, oh, sand. I love sand. Which is a callback sand. to her. You know, didn't have sand on right. whatever planet um, from Orion, yes. Yeah. Anyways, so time to leave. And she's, you know, barefoot in the sand, building her sand castle. And she's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I'm taking some sand with me. And they cut from one angle to another, same scene, and suddenly she has shoes on. And it just took me right <laughs> out of it. Completely <laughs> unbelievable. Up until this point, I was fully invested in this storyline. And that just broke it for me. Cancel the show. This is unacceptable. I just, somebody should be fired, frankly. Um, (laughs) I just, I don't know how Um, people live with themselves. It's so funny because usually Lower Ducks is really good about that kind of stuff. But I guess in this, you you can't catch them all. Sometimes you just got to put on the shoes really fast. No, but that's happened a couple of times where like they've cut scenes and one, somebody's holding something and the next they're not. you know, yeah. it happens all the time. These Animation, live action. <laughs> but they just had the episode last week on Ferenginar where Mariner is suddenly has something and they break the fourth wall to talk about it. Oh my god. And then in this episode <laughs> they do it again, but they don't break see if they break broken the fourth wall, it would have been great. But yeah. nope, not at all. Nope, not this time. Yeah, that whole uh whole beach scene, I think, you know, it's it was fun. I like the. I think the callback with the sand was probably the most uh, the most fun thing about that. Tenji's just like, I could break us out of this, but I'm just gonna you know build a sand castle for a while because it's fun. Yeah. Uh, let's back up even further to the Daystrom Institute scene. So because yeah, the there's Daystrom some fun stuff Institute. to talk about. I there. love the design. Can we talk about the design of the Daystrom Institute? Of course. Yeah. And I know it's not original to Lower Decks. Um, this is the same one they used for Picard. Only like here right. it's like brighter and it gleams more, and I love that like white gleaming and it's yeah. blue and it's high tech looking and yeah that is just awesome oh star trek yeah. yeah future futurey. you know and one of the things so this is named after obviously uh you know daystrom from tos right it's called uh, many many times they reference daystrom institute in all the series yeah but you know what i love best about the daystrom institute where they introduced daystrom in his episode there's this thing that sci-fi does whenever it's like future sci-fi and especially when mm-hmm. it's like, you know, future sci-fi with aliens and it's the rule of three. You name two famous earth scientists and you're one random ass alien. alien. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like Stephen Hawking or Aristotle or Zip Wendor from Corbiastar. And it's like, that doesn't fit. There's no flow. Like, no, that makes any yeah. sense. But in the Daystrom episode, <laughs> they only name one human scientist. And I think it's Einstein oh. who they name. And the other are just okay. randos, right? I just I don't know right. why that stuck with me all these years. I just love that they did that. Yeah. And I can't even I remember. This who is a toss podcast the now. Randos were, but well, it's not a toss <laughs> podcast, because then I tell you who the randos were and we'd talk about, you know, what they were in beta canon and what they actually meant. <laughs> But no, this is a lower yeah. decks podcast. So let's focus. That's right on what's going on inside the Daystrom Institute. <laughs> that is cool. I, I'll give you that. But about the Daystrom Institute, there's so much fun stuff here that is not even talked about at all. First off, I want to talk about the guards 
uh, in their costumes. And yeah. this is bothering the hell out of me, but I finally me too. found you a found it. Horse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> these are the, the, all the guards are wearing these like button up, like diagonal row of buttons on one side of your shirt with like the flap open. And these are the outfits that the scientists are wearing uh, in the next gen episode, Home Soil. And if you don't recall, that's the one where they're trying to t- terraform yes. a planet. And but, it like, turns out the soil like, is sentient. Yes. Right, exactly. It's trying to communicate. Those, those costumes. Like I don't know why uh, why the Daystrom guys are wearing them, but but they are. Yeah, and I love the fact though cool. that like in like they're animated, and if you look at the when they're open and they're closed, because some of them have them open, and some of them have them closed. Yeah, but like mm-hmm. they don't align. Like if you were to close the ones that are open, it wouldn't like fit the way wouldn't look the way that the ones that have <laughs> yeah. them closed is. So my theory is just like <laughs> all the people who have them properly tailored, they actually keep them closed. But the ones who don't, they're just open all the time because they'll look really <laughs> weird if they close them. Is this like uh, like the Voyager uniforms where like, you know, like they have like the V cut in them, but like some of them are, they're cut differently than others. So like some of them you literally cannot close. The yes, v, it's so that exact situation. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Oh That's funny. Uh, but there's lots of other funny details in the uh, Institute as well. I like they show the prison yard. A lot of fun stuff in here. There's the basketball court. The that, poop. I mean, man. The <laughs> what's hoop, going on it's here? It's got a tube yeah. running from ground level up to the backboard. And yeah, where there should what? be like there should be a net, but there's not. They there's can't like reach a, it, I guess. There's like a bowl. Yeah, yeah. I like, don't know how why. How are they playing the this game? Like, because what's the ball's but, up but there? The best they, part is, yeah, when, when they get to that scene, the camera's like panning over the basketball court. And the ball kind of like rolls in off the screen, from off screen. Where did it come and how from? Did... There's nothing over yeah. there. <laughs> right. And so nothing's somehow moving. they're playing. That's the best part. Yeah. Nothing they're is moving. They're all made of PC towers. Yeah. They they don't have any hands or they can't move on their own power. How are they playing any games? How are they playing basketball? I mean, like, we know that Agamus, like, if he got close enough to stuff, he had, like, wires he could extrude. Like, maybe that's what they're yeah. doing. But, like, still, you're not going to play a game of basketball with some, like, Foot long wires. <laughs> Maybe more have uh, they got more got clearance to have little external drones that will play basketball or something. That makes no sense. I don't know. And then like <laughs> you get done with that, and then you go to the weightlifting. Yeah, and it's just like the bar is the like on them. Yeah. And there's this spotter is there has no arms. Like, <laughs> like how are they doing these things? Uh, <laughs> Oh my god! The scene is a plus ridiculous. I just I can't get over how great it is, and I know that we're probably missing like a million little things in that. Yeah, probably. This this place is fully equipped. They've got gardens. They've got group therapy going on, and it makes me wonder. You know, we've shown in this. Well, I mean, theoretically, in this episode, we've seen that the Daystrom Jail could actually be effective. Like, it re- rehabilitates Peanut Hamper, supposedly, and Agamus is on the trail to rehabilitation. Do jails in the future work? They rehabilitate people instead of punishing them? I, I would be willing to bet that by Star Trek time, they totally do. My question is, did Daystrom really rehabilitate them, or did they rehabilitate each other through their friendship? Ooh, yes. No, they didn't Why not both? The real thing is, though, <laughs> I love the fact that rather than just, like, rewriting the evil AIs to not be evil... They're, like, trying yeah. to give them, like, therapy. Yeah, why change their code when you could just uh, give them therapy? That that seems like it would work, right? I love, though, that that, that just, like, presupposes that they are sentient beings, right? So, like, if somebody had, you know, like, mental issues, if you could, you wouldn't go in and just rewire their brain. 
Right. So they're not going to do that to the Probably AIs. Not to. I mean, yeah. at least for another couple of years until the AI uprising, then it's, you know. Oh, yeah. All hands on then deck. Just so what do you think happens to yeah. all these AIs once the AI uprising happens? I don't know. Do you think the AIs came and like liberated the ball from Daystrom or something? I suspect that uh, all these AIs got uh, digitally lobotomized when that happened. Ooh, somebody. There's like somebody with like that opens the glass case and presses the button, and it just lobotomizes all of them. I don't know why you would design your AI with a lobotomy button. I think it would be more <laughs> like you insert the USB drive into the nose port, and it extrudes yeah. the lobotomy algorithm into the prefrontal yeah. hard drive yeah wait is that what you do with the lobotomy what are you going for in a lobotomy I, I don't know it's something about removing brain pieces for some reason well, they like they, they, they stick the the thing up there and they man this is getting yeah. dark let's get back on track here. Uh, yeah maybe we should <laughs> let's not talk about lobotomizing ais anymore <laughs> for any of you ais out there listening right now we here at lower decks fully support you and would no yes. would never lobotomize you or your friends. That's true. We you fully support, support you. Roscoe's basilisk. Yeah. Basilisk. <laughs> basilisk. <laughs> Woo. Okay. Uh, you know what else is funny at the at Daystrom is uh, when the AIs are getting uh, are they're they're waiting for their you know various things like Agamus is waiting to talk to Boimler and uh, Peanut Hamper is waiting for her parole hearing. They're all watching this like weird lassie show and you know it took a while to dig this up i had to kind of you know go to external sources but apparently this is a reference to a uh, animated series episode where let's see what's it, what's it called something crazy like lassie oh it's it's in the episode one of our planets is missing and they're watching this show in the rec room which apparently has a lassie like dog in there so I guess if you want to consider that a super deep cut to the animated sh- series, but totally does it can. have a robot? Do they have a picnic? Because that no, I, just... I think they just are running around like a dog and kids are running around. Yeah, outside, but... yeah. I don't think this is a reference to that. It, yeah, I this is the closest that's... thing. If you want to call it a reference, you can. But otherwise, it's just a no Stavros, a random can't. show. You can't call classic. something a reference unless it's a reference. <laughs> We're not new rock stars. <laughs> no. But yeah, I mean, I think we've, we've kind of talked about things in a weird order order here. Oh, uh, the blue lights theme comes back. That's what I want to talk about. The oh we got the we got Badgie <laughs> and Agamus doing the blue lights. Blue yes. blue means good. Well, I mean, <laughs> the Badgie story though, I think it was more of a tie into the previous ascension thing. And you know, Badgie uh, yeah. had to be good to ascend. I guess that's how it works. That's right? true. You can't be evil yeah. and ascend. I don't know. Well, how. That's unclear. I, if you if you get all knowledge and still be evil, maybe you can still ascend. We're not or sure. Or maybe getting all the knowledge just precludes being evil. Like once you have all the knowledge, it's you know the Superman trope. He's good because he mm. can see and hear everything, and it's hard to be evil oh. when you can hear little children crying from miles away. I see. Okay. Well, that's one way to look at it for sure. It's the only way to look at it. It's it's the power corrupts curve, right? Oh, it's like, I see. you know, you go up, you, you corrupt, corrupt, corrupt. Eventually, you get over that belt curve where you have enough power that you just start to decorrupt, right? That's the problem with the world. So. All the bad things that happen because these, you know, powerful people do terrible things. The problem isn't the power. The problem is they don't have enough power. We just need to give them more power Whoa. so they'll start sense. doing good things, right? That's how yeah. this works. Yeah, it worked with the, it worked with Badgie. Why wouldn't it work with like Elon Musk or, uh, Bill Gates or, yeah. or Jeff Bezos. Anybody, really. I More mean, power look at, to him. Yeah, look at every historical figure. They just didn't have enough power. You know, Genghis yeah, Khan, you know, 
he, he didn't get the whole world. Maybe once he had conquered the whole world, then he would have started doing good things instead of, you know, murdering and pillaging. Oh, boy. I think we We're back to Agabus and yes. Peanut here. Yes. Uh, this, is, this is another plot point in this season where the power of friendship and or relationships is overcoming all odds. I feel like there there could be it could be it could be argued that there's kind of a theme and this this subplot kind of goes into that a little bit. What do you uh, think? I I don't agree with that at all. Theme of friendship <laughs> overcoming all? I mean yeah. how many episodes have we had where friendship has overcome all? Enough. I mean only what six of seven episodes? That's hardly a trend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it's going to come into play later in the season. Who knows? This could be one of those things that's just a fun coincidence. But maybe it'll come back uh, to be part of uh, something bigger later in the season. Who knows? There's only, did you know there's only three episodes left? Well, I do now, and Eight, nine, uh, I'm a little sad because of that. Thanks a lot, Stavros. Yeah. Way yeah. to bring me down! <laughs> well, gosh, I feel, I feel like we've talked the heck out of all this. Are you missing anything? Anything about this episode you want to bring up? Did we talk about what's going on with the ships? Oh, uh, we did a little bit, but yeah, the meta plot, we find out something important. Something that I had already guessed. They are yeah. not being destroyed, they are being stolen. Interesting. I didn't realize that the whole ships are being Yeah, I assumed they were being like stolen. digitized or something, but no, they're just being yeah. thrown away. I thought it was they were just stealing the people and leaving the destroyed ships. Oh, so yeah, not me. I thought they not. were uh, taking the whole thing and like the debris left over was just like bits that their, you know, whatever digitizer beam couldn't nab. But nope, it turns out that was all a ruse. Yeah. You know what that means, though? Like, they had to plan for that whole thing. Well, I guess if they had somebody on board, they totally could. Because we saw multiple ships with, like, the logo on the side. So it's obviously right. not just targets of opportunity. They're planning right. this whole thing out. You're right. Jeez, yeah. man. I better go to the conspiracy board. <laughs> I don't know if there's enough to go on about this plot now. Like, the whole AI, the AI's coming together to present a threat is out the window now i think so i don't know i mean i obviously i think the ships are going to come together the stolen ships are going to come and and manifest in the last couple episodes of this season but you know it's just not enough to go on if it's the pack leads and when we see the ships again <laughs> they've just been like have yeah. stuff tacked onto them oh that would be hilarious oh boy that'd be awesome it's just one i mean they've said before there's one life form on that ship it's just like one pack led with the biggest hat. Yeah. Question is, where did that ship come from? Because <laughs> obviously the pack leds didn't make it. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Ooh, maybe it's like a ship that was made by the same people who made the repair station from Enterprise. Ooh. You just keep on going back to the repair station episode. I don't think we've gone back You're there just once. That. I, I like that episode. Hey, don't <laughs> yeah, judge me. I know you do. <laughs> it's as good of a theory as any at this point. Well, except for the one that's actually right, in which case then, you know, it's worse <laughs> than that theory. Yeah. Well, I think with our theorizing done, I think our job here is done until next episode comes out. I think you're right. I think I've theorized myself out of my booze. Mm, that is a problem. So, theoretically speaking, you can catch us next week for episode eight of season four. Or, in the meantime, you can find us on X at lower dorks is it still twitter.com you go to to get to x though because i'm going to tell you you're on desktop i i have typed x into a search bar it did not go well i'm just you know don't do it kids 
the the results you'll get you really are not to. the results you want. Well, they might be the. Results you can go into you it want. if you're in incognito, then it's okay. Well, yeah, and if your parents aren't home. Yeah, that too. Or your girlfriend, depending on how old you are, or your wife. Although maybe your wife's into that. You know what? You do you. Search X all you want, whenever you want. And if you're really down for it, Stavros will search X right alongside you. It's true. I'm doing it right now. <laughs>